0: Hey, I'm Teresa Caputo. You might know me as the Long Island Medium. Why do people call me that? Well, I talk to the dead. My job is to help spirit communicate to their loved ones here in the physical world that they are safe and at peace, and that there is more to life than this. This podcast gives me the opportunity to share my gift with more people than ever before, and to give all of you a better understanding of how I communicate with spirit. Losing a spouse to cancer, especially when you have young kids, is incredibly difficult. My guest today, Jim, lost his wife about three years ago, and he still is trying to process what this means for his family's future and what the future even holds for himself. And I think you'll agree that the validations Jim's wife communicated in his reading are so unique. They were so incredibly important and even life-saving to Jim.
1: My name is Jim Robson, and I'm from Morden, Manitoba. I was really hoping that I'd be able to get some closure, I guess, uh, with regard to my wife. It had been a really hard two and a half years. And, you know, I guess the question always is, is I mean, we had sort of talked prior to her passing that if there was some way for her to reach out to me, that she would do that. I hadn't even barely dreamed about her, far less... Uh, had any connection with her at all and so my my hope was that uh, we would be able to get some message from her just to first of all find out make sure she was okay wherever she was and that that she in fact still existed rather than being just a pile of ashes somewhere a friend of mine described her in three words and i i think they really summed her up and he referred to her as feisty but kind she was um fiercely independent which was fine However, it could be difficult at times because I'm probably a lot the same way. So uh, we could bite heads a lot. But on the other hand, you know, we've worked through a lot of stuff and there's no question in my mind that we loved each other deeply. She was well-respected in, in the community that we lived in, which was a small community. She was working with uh, special needs kids and did a really excellent job with that. She loved her family deeply. There wasn't anything that she wouldn't do for us. She would have, fought to the death to to defend any of us when she wanted something for her family she just dug in and was like a dog with a bone she wouldn't let go of that at all Uh, when we adopted our son she at the time was working for a a, a social welfare agency and a client was pregnant with a baby boy and she had always wanted a son and we never had one and we had gotten together later in life i remember her calling me at work and telling me that we were going to adopt this baby boy. Uh, and I was like, our our other children were about 18, 19 at the time. And I was like, are you out of your mind? Because, you know, we just finished raising our kids. Like, why, why do you wanna do this? I'm like, I'm 55 at the time, she's 51. And I'm like, this is nuts. Why would you wanna do this? Well, I always wanted to have a son. She says, you know, I'm gonna do this with or without you. So it was kind of like, what are you gonna do? we had done some fostering So I said, well you know we'll foster him for a little bit and then we'll see how that goes well unbeknownst to me she had just made arrangements that we were going to be adopting him and so it wasn't like I was really left to choice but she knew me so well that she knew because I love being a dad that when I actually held him and and spent time with him that there would be no way we would ever give him back and she was right she had uh, had cancer uh, 18 years uh, before she finally passed, two years before I met her. When I first met her, she was uh, six months into remission. And I remember at the time that old Garth Brooks' tune kicked into my mind and it was kind of like, you know, do I really want to go through this? And, and when she got sick, I remember thinking, you know, for a moment, wasn't I the king, you know, and if the king had only you known the way that it all would, uh, would go, who's to say, you know, I might've changed it all. And, and, you know, I look back on that and, and those lyrics really hit home for me because it's like, yeah, we could have, you know, we could have missed the pain, but, you know, we wouldn't have had our time together. And I remember when I met her and I found out she was six months in remission, that thought went through my mind is, do I really want to get involved with somebody who could die, you know, from cancer? And it just, after a while, it seemed to be worth the risk. You know, I fell in love with her. You know, we were lucky. I remember just before she went to her fifth-year checkup, uh, being scared that, that after all this time that she was going to be sick again, and she got through that, and then she got the 10 years, and it was all good. And so we, we sort of put that whole cancer thing in the background, thought, okay, well, we're done, we're good. Winter of 2017, she started having a lot of colds and a lot of coughing, and, and I just immediately thought, I wonder if it's bad, but she, I don't know if she was in denial or what, but she... Just wrote it off to a cold, wrote it off to this, that, and the next thing, and so finally in uh, September, she went to see the nurse in our in our small community, and they diagnosed her as having pneumonia. She had fluid in, in uh, one of her lungs, so she had gone to the hospital and to to look into sort of some preliminary pre-surgery type of stuff, and they found that she had a tumor in her uh, right lung. Finally, when they got the fluid down, they analyzed it and they found out that it was uh, cancerous and that she was, in fact, stage four cancer. And at that time, they told us that she had three or four months. So we thought, okay, well, this isn't great, but at least we get through Christmas. We have time to get all of our family together and and figure out where we go from here. She died two and a half weeks later. So she was diagnosed first in the middle of September. She died November 1st. Our son, River, at the time was just five years old. How do you explain to a five-year-old that his mom's going to die? So we had started, both of us together, talking about mom being sick. And initially, we thought that she might beat this thing. And then as time progressed, we realized that she wasn't. Her sisters were all there. My daughters were there. uh, I was there. And we we just spent 24-7 with her, uh, including my son, who... Uh, we slept in the, the other bed that was in, in, the, in the room there. She slipped into a coma on the Monday night, never really woke up again, other than for a few minutes later on Monday night, wanting to go for a smoke, <laughs> which was funny because I knew she wasn't you know really in her right mind, but she was bound and determined to go for a cigarette. One of the things that had always been difficult for me was the fact that, in spite of the fact that she had cancer, I couldn't get her to quit smoking. You know, after a while, we played this game where she said, oh, I'm only having a few cigarettes a week. And I knew that it was a lot more than that. Friends of mine would tell me that. And it's like, how much do you want to fight all the time about something? You know, at some point, you know, you just have to let it go. You know, I would kind of voice my concern, but I knew it wasn't going to change things. And it wasn't until after she died that I really realized that addictions are a powerful thing. And I guess, you know, to me, like I'd smoked when I was in university and I quit, you know, when I started teaching And I hadn't had any problem with it. But after she passed away, I found out the things about her and her childhood and and her early life that I didn't know. And it it made sense to me that she had such a powerful addiction. And I know she did try to quit and she just couldn't.
0: I am going to say to you that there is a father energy that is present. If your father is not departed, it could be a grandfather, an uncle, maybe it was someone that was like a father-in-law, someone that was like a father to you.
1: Yeah, my yeah, my dad is gone. Okay.
0: Your dad just looked at me and he goes, You know, Teresa, he goes, It's very lovely if my son hears from me. He goes, but that wasn't top of his priority of who he would like to hear from today. You understand that?
1: I love my dad, but I love my dad, but he's right. Okay.
0: Look, would I how would I know that? How in the world would I know that? And you know, your dad
1: (laughs) I can just hear him saying that, Dave. Yeah, I can just hear him saying that.
0: And I love what your dad is doing right now. He's saying to you, in a way, he's he makes me feel like he wants to say that he's sorry that you feel that you lost everything, that you lost a part of your soul. And you don't know. I don't even know who it is yet that he wants to bring forward. But he's making me feel like that it's still unbelievable to you that they're gone. And how are you supposed to go on with your life now? What are you supposed to do? You feel so lost, helpless. I I don't like it's almost like your hands are tied. You don't even know what to do. And your father says, I am so sorry, Jim for every heartache and everything that you had to go through. That's good. He says, I need you to know that I know how amazing and special you are. He says, I wish I had more of opportunities or took the opportunities to tell you how proud I am of you and how much I love you. And he says, and for that, I am sorry that I wasn't able to do for you here in the physical world.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, and you know what, I forgive him for that.
0: He says, you know, Teresa, he says there's just. it wasn't,
1: it wasn't just him, I could have done better.
0: But you have to understand, he's taking responsibility for his part, do you understand that? And he says, yes, is it learned behavior, Teresa? He says, I'm not making excuses for myself. He says, but I can say there are times that I did not know how to unconditionally love. He says, and I didn't know how to see things differently. My son wanted different things for his life, for himself, and I didn't understand that at times. And he says, but now I do. He says, okay, you could say I'm a day late and a dollar short. He's Is that to that say?
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Would your dad say that?
1: Yeah. Oh, hell yeah.
0: I don't even know what that means but i'm a day late and a dollar short
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's dad no question about that one
0: but what i love is your dad saying how his soul has healed on the other side had to relive his life through your eyes to feel what it was like for the times that he might have disappointed you it wasn't there for you when you needed him the most but taking responsibility for his part doesn't mean that he was all wrong. For the first time no. in his life, taking responsibility for his part and acknowledging that, that it wasn't right.
1: When Teresa said, you know, when my dad was coming through that, you know, this isn't the person that he, he really wants to talk to. And I'm thinking, yeah, you're right. Like, get the hell out of there, dad. You know, it's like, I want to talk to Donna, and somebody had said to me, you know, maybe it's going to be your dad. I'm going, my dad? Why would my dad come through? Like, you know, we weren't close. Like, we had a lot, a lot of issues when, you know, especially when I was younger. Like, I don't know if I want to hear from him, you know? And so when she said, you know, your dad's coming through, and I'm like, oh, joy, oh, bliss. Isn't that lovely, you know? I'm getting this one chance. I've been waiting forever to talk to this woman, and my time's going to get tied up with that. Like, where the hell's Donna, you know? But then the message that he delivered really was powerful to me to know that uh, he respected what i was doing because i don't think he always did matter of fact i know he didn't i know when i started teaching i taught out in the boonies and you know i always got the impression that if i didn't teach in the city that somehow i was a failure and i'm not she she, she touched on you know that he wished that he had said uh more often that you know, he was proud of me. I was 35 the first time my dad told me he was proud of me. And he and I, especially when I was younger, went through a lot of difficulties. And when he got older, it was really hard for me to ever talk about those things. He wasn't the same guy at the end. And so when he died, there was a lot of, because he died unexpectedly. And so there was a lot of things that had never got said. And I think a lot of the conversations that, you know, if I'd had any, courage i think i would raise with him but i I just wasn't sure how they would go and i left it unsaid and and he left it unsaid and i think it would have been a good thing so for him to come through and uh, talk about how i tried to parent and how he'd learned things from me really touched me
0: and he says Teresa, i don't know how my son is going on he says i don't know what i would have done if i lost my best friend my partner in crime He says, and gone way too young. Your dad is making me feel like you lost everything, everything with this loss. Uh, Who was the young female that is departed? Is this your wife? It's my wife. Okay. My wife. So know that your dad brings her forward and says, this is who my son wanted to, but more importantly, deserves and needs to hear from. And your father says, Teresa, she's a bit of a firecracker. <laughs> and I'm looking over at it, and she's just smiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, that's her. And she's just smiling and she's so happy. But she says, Jim, I don't want you to think that I'm happy because I'm not with you. I'm happy because I get this opportunity to thank you for everything that you did for me because you felt That you wish you could have or should have done more for me. She says, nobody knew that I was going to die. She says, and you can say, yes, Were we connected at the soul. Yes, we were soulmates. She says, but that doesn't mean that you were supposed to know the day that I was going to die. And then she stood in front of me and she said, Teresa, do I even look sick to you? (laughs) (laughs) Does that make sense?
1: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that would be her.
0: And I think what she's doing, because she showed me my symbol for where when we lose a loved one, we carry this burden or guilt or we feel that we could have or should have been able to do more. Only if we did this or we went to this doctor or went to this hospital or did this, she never would have died. And she says, Teresa, Jim's hands were tied. He could do nothing for me. There was nothing, nothing he could do for me.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that makes so much sense.
0: I think that's why one of the first emotions that I felt was that you felt helpless.
1: There's a line in a Rod Stewart song, Madeline Wynn, and it goes, I felt ashamed, I felt I let you
0: down. No, not one day. She said, and stop saying that God should have taken me instead of you. Yeah, I've said that. So, Jim, there's no way I would know that. Know that your wife says, I hear you. So I want to go back and explain to you. When Spirit shows me my hands are tied, it means that there were no choices. We exhausted everything. Our hands were tied. Correct?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: She labors my breathing, and I'm having difficulty breathing. Okay? And I can almost watch her breath. She stood. She had me stand up and turn my back, and then I felt that she passed. So that becomes my symbol for where we feel or we're not sure if they heard us or they knew that we were there when they took their last breath. Yeah,
1: yeah, she'd been, uh, yeah, for sure.
0: Okay. So you see how my signs and symbols have different meanings. Is she newly departed? Now, newly for me is within two years if it is not within two years, years actually okay. you, but you still feel as if it happened yesterday yeah okay yeah spirit makes me feel how you feel they're going to make me feel how they feel this is for her to say jim i can't have you i need you to be able to move forward with your life i just said to her, i go uh, she is there is no beating around the bush with her jim she is straight to the point i'm like <laughs> don't you have anything else she's like teresa listen she goes i can't stand by she goes he's doing the best that he can to live his life she says but he lives it like half happy like he's happy to other people on the outside she says but inside it's he's numb inside but like to everyone else everyone thinks that jim has it together she says he's a freaking mess teresa he's a freaking mess
1: she's right she's right
0: Look, this does not mean that you know you you go out and you and and, and you start living your life, you know, with, uh, dating and all this. Stuff. What she's trying to say to you is, I can see how hard you're trying. She's saying, I'm pushing you to do better, to to get out when you don't want to get out. When 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 someone says, "Oh, let's go grab dinner or a cup of coffee," and you're like, "Nah," and then it's also like, "All right, I'll go." That's your wife making you go. Does that make sense? <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep, absolutely.
0: She says to me, she says, Teresa, she says, I want to talk about with Jim the day that I died. She says, because it was the hardest thing, she says, but I want to remind him that when I died, he saw the peace on my face. Is that correct? I did. Yes. She says, so. A way that you can start to heal, Jim, is by when you go back and you say, I wish I could have done more, or you feel that you didn't do enough for her, whatever it may be. She says, I want you to remember the day that I died, how you saw the peace on my face after my soul left the physical body. She said, and you even felt my soul as it left. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. You know, when she, when she left... It's what convinced me that there was something after we passed because who she was was no longer there. And it wasn't because she stopped breathing. It was because who she was was gone out of there. And I definitely felt that for sure.
0: So, no, whatever it is that you felt, she says, that was to leave you with the peace and knowing that I was going to be okay. She said, because you would tell me all the time. She says, especially the day that I died, that it was going to be okay. And you told me yep. how much you loved me and that you understood if I had to leave and it was okay for me to go.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: She says, because you saw, but you know what? I want to say this. She made me feel like you saw it in her eyes. That it was time for her to go but it's more that you felt it it was like she made me feel like you held her hand and you could feel that it was time for her to let go of the physical body i've never felt that before yeah amazing for sure yeah for sure was hard it will probably be one of the hardest things that you'd have to do here in the physical world How do you connect with the brain? So is there something, um, because I have this heaviness in my head, and sometimes they'll make me feel like that if there was like some type of brain issue, or more importantly, if they could not communicate in the end.
1: Yeah, she couldn't, no. She couldn't communicate. She uh, She went into a coma, and we thought she had longer than she did. The last thing that she said was that she wanted to go out for a cigarette, and she was on oxygen. And it was really cold. And I, I had to tell her that, no, you know, if you go outside for a cigarette, you're going to blow up, you know. And, and then she, she was gone. You know, I, it took, you know, a few days. But that was the last thing that I ever said to her when so, she was conscious.
0: So when I talked about the chest and the breathing, <clears throat> she had difficulty breathing, correct?
1: Absolutely. She had lung cancer. Lung cancer.
0: Did you look in her eyes after she died? Because I keep feeling like she's lifting up my eyelid and looking in my eye.
1: Yeah, I did. I, uh, there was a number of us in the room, and I asked them all to leave so I could spend some time with her. I closed her eyes.
0: So know, Jim, that your wife's soul saw you looking in her eyes. But she's w- funny because she goes... I did have beautiful eyes, Teresa. (laughs) Like, I feel like... (laughs) Yeah. She's like, he couldn't stop staring at my eyes because they were so beautiful. And what I'm finding is because she doesn't want you to be in pain. She's like, he was staring at my eyes, Teresa, because my eyes were just so beautiful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's exactly how she would have said that. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that's... that, that Tone, intonation, syntax. Yeah, absolutely. That's how she would have said that. I can just hear her.
0: So also when she had me say earlier, I love when spirit validates this, when they come through to me and, and they make me feel all these things, right? And then sometimes I, I can misinterpret things here and there. So when she's like, can you believe I died? No one ever would have thought I was going to die, right? And I think this was her way of saying that even though how sick she was, you didn't, And even she was in a coma and you did not think that she was going to die. We had more time, right?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: The thing that I love about her soul right now is how she's validating for you that we did everything that we could. She says, and that was the hardest thing that you had to do was make those certain decisions for me, correct? Yeah. She says, yeah. but Jim, your hands were tied. There were no other decisions. We did everything. That we needed to do, she says, and I take responsibility for kind of. I almost feel like she never really complained to you. Like it was like, no, I'm fine. Like you even said, oh yeah, I, I could go out and have a cigarette. I have lung cancer. I'm gonna like
1: you know, cancer is supposed to be one of the most painful things that you can have. And she was one of the tiny, but one of the toughest women I ever met. And I mean that in in, in the best way. She, the only painkiller she would take was at night to help her sleep, maybe one or two uh, Tylenol codeine. Mm-hmm. She just, I remember asking her if she was scared to die, and she went, no. Yeah. And I was like, how? And she just said, it's out of my hands.
0: And she says, Teresa, there's something in your soul that just knows when you're ready. She said, I could feel it in my soul that God was calling me home. She said, I felt it. And I feel like she saw all other loved ones before and yeah. so she says so you would know that i wasn't alone she brings forward a mother energy so whether if her mom or her grandmother know that she was greeted
1: Yeah, it would have been her mom absolutely when she, when i asked her about why she wasn't afraid to die i never got to meet her mom but one of the things was she was going to get to be with her
0: so know that her mom's soul came for her and that's when she knew it was time for her to go home now this is your wife Teresa you don't understand Jim is such a huge fan of yours she says he didn't think this reading was going to be so hard she says he didn't even think he was going to cry (laughs) this is her because she doesn't want you she doesn't want you crying she doesn't want she doesn't want to see you upset like that's her right she's going to cover up all the pain and the sorrow with laughter right
1: For sure. Absolutely. For sure.
0: She says, Teresa, I even showed Jim in a dream that I was fine. She said he saw me one night and I was healed. Did you have that visitation from her?
1: Very recently. It was like she was here.
0: Know that that was a gift from her soul showing you that she was okay. And this reading, this experience today, Jim, was just total, What like, Totally connected all the dots to validate that that was her soul, that that was her letting you know that she was okay, not remembering her what it was like in the end or how sick she was and giving you the gift and saying how. And then she started yelling at me. She's like, how dare he think that he wasn't there for me or that he didn't do enough for me? She's like, Jim, are you fucking kidding me? She's like, stop it. I'm not going to hear it anymore. (laughs) Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yep. That's her. Without, yeah, she's standing there telling you that. I know because that's exactly, exactly the words that she would use, and exactly the way she would say it.
0: Listen, I hope I don't lose subscribers now because they had me. she had me drop the, the F-bomb here, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> ah, sorry I don't, I, about that. Are, are you allowed to curse on a podcast? I don't know. Is that like even... Po- I don't know. But if not, they'll bleep it out, I guess. I don't know. It wasn't me.
1: They'll bleep it out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No
0: way. But that would be her, right?
1: T- to a T. Absolutely to a T. That was her.
0: Listen you're going to grieve the loss of your wife for the rest of your life here in the physical world. But what she's showing you now by her having me do that to you and say it in that way, right? A, so you know that it is her and B, every time you go over this should have, could have, would have this only if, how, why, whatever it is, God should have taken me, not her, whatever it is. She says, you, st- you can, it's okay for you to feel that emotion. She says, but then go, go back to this moment of me thanking you for the way that you cared for me, how there were things, your hands were tied. It wasn't in your hands, Jim. It was in God's hands. And I accepted that. She says, I know it was hard because every time I was sick, I got better. Like it almost seemed like there was like this hope, right? Mm -hmm. And this last time she just said, Teresa, she goes, I was just so tired. My soul was tired. I couldn't do the treatments. I could not do it anymore. She says, I fought the good fight. She says, I died. I feel like on my terms.
1: I fought the good fight. That's, yeah, I said that to her when she was, yeah, I said that to her just before she died. You know, I use those exact words.
0: Jim, there's something remarkable about your wife for her to really use my physical body in such a force to show her personality to describe what you did by closing her eyes to have me repeat the exact words that you said to her that you thought that she might not have heard she is doing a remarkable job of giving you that gift and knowing that not only that there truly is more to life than just here in the physical world but that her soul hasn't left you and will not leave you She says, Teresa, she goes, who's got, I got to guide him still. She goes, I got to still help him out. (laughs) She goes, he'd still be walking around with brown socks and and blue jeans. She goes, I can't have this. So would she pick out your clothes or something?
1: (laughs) I couldn't even buy my own clothes. She she wouldn't let me buy my own clothes. She would go to the store and she would come back and say, here, this is, you know, you're going to wear this. And yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not going out dressed like that, are you? Well, why? Because it doesn't, because it, it's ugly. It doesn't look right. It's just like, yeah, brown socks and blue pants. Yeah. <laughs> For sure.
0: So, I think what she's saying, Jim, is, you know what? It's okay. Listen, it's okay to s- still feel sad, to cry every day if you want. She says, but I can't have you stop living because of it. She says, who says that you have to, you're right. going to grieve your wife for the rest of your life here in the physical world. This today, Jim, is about healing, validating that you will Always see those signs and symbols from her because I can feel her, especially when you sleep. I feel like she's laying like right next to me. So do you feel that when you (laughs) sleep?
1: Yeah, there's also when I'm driving, there's times when I'm driving, she used to sit beside me. We'd hold hands.
0: And there's just that sense that you just know that it's her and you can still feel her hold your hand. You have to understand, like, I get it because she's like Teresa. She says he will never dare say this to anybody. I'm like, well... He's saying it now to thousands of people, <laughs> but it's the way you feel, right? <laughs> yeah. You, f- no one can yes. tell you what you feel. You feel as if she's holding your hand. You feel as if she's laying next to you or she's standing right beside you. Nobody yeah. can tell you yeah. that that's not real. She's validating it. And every day the signs and the, she's showing me like everything that you do, it's like it breathes her. It's like, she's constantly showing you so many signs and validations that it's almost like, it's okay, Jim, continue, because I'm right here beside you. That's why she's so strong. Because it's like, I feel like I go to the card store, and it's like, there's a card, reminds me of her. Or it's a card that I bought her, or I see a woman in there, and it reminds me of her. It's like, the validations are crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: So, You have to embrace those and take those and and say, she's with me, she's encouraging me, and she's pushing me to continue to do these things. Is it going to be hard? Yes. Does it stink? Yes. Is it unfair? Yes. But it doesn't take away the fact that she's not with you. So you can still feel all those things. And she says, and you can be as angry and pissed at whomever it is that I died. She says, but I don't want you to stop living because I died. She said, I wouldn't, she goes, Teresa, she says, I would not have traded our life for anything. She said, because we had a quality of life. She said, the things that we did, we saw how we felt. She says, I wouldn't have traded that for anything. Not to stay here one more hour, one more day, not even a full year to trade what we had. She said, so we might not have had a quantity, right? Because some people might be married for 40, 60 years, right? She says, but we had a quality of life. Do you go hiking sure. or something? Do you go hiking?
1: Hunting, yeah. Yes. I go out in the bush a lot, usually just for a walk or sometimes to go hunting or when I'm going fishing to go out to a lake or something. Yeah, all the time.
0: So know that she's with you at those moments. She said, those are the moments, Jim, that I am so proud of you. She said, because I know how hard that is. She says, "But I want you to know that I'm experiencing it with you." Did you carve her name in something? I don't know if you carved it in a tree or like in a piece of wood or something, or in a p- or, or in cement.
1: Cement, yeah, and also on a picnic table.
0: So know that her soul is with you, loving, guiding, protecting, and still dressing you from the other side. Yeah. <laughs> she had me. She had me. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny is now when I
1: pick up my clothes, I look at it and I go, would those go together? And and I'll hear her, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of saying, no, Jim, that doesn't go with that. And Mm -hmm. I become much more conscious of, because before I would just throw on whatever. And now I just, it's, it's no, I, I, yeah, just sitting here actually looking at my closet from here. And (laughs) yeah, I, every day, every friggin' day
0: i love I love how she had me throwing loving, guiding, protecting, and dressing you from the other side. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you have no idea how true that is.
0: there's you know the it, i I love to emphasize when spirit moves me the way that she does because it's it's with such excitement, it's with such joy, it's with such en- enthusiasm. But yet she's still scolding you at the same time. Don't you dare wear those brown socks with those blue pants. <laughs>
1: <laughs> at, at her memorial, a good friend of mine described her in three words. Kind, but feisty. And that was the perfect description for her.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I used firecracker. And, <laughs> Something yeah, like and that. Something along I, those and, lines. And, so,
1: and as soon, And as soon as you said that, I'm going, yep, that was her. Yeah. uh, For all the good and all the bad. Yeah. And it was her.
0: So this is interesting, Jim. She says, I want to bring forward my mom. So know that her mom would like to say to you that she wants to thank you for taking care of her baby girl. Because you kept praying and asking that if you were doing the right thing, that if these choices, if these decisions and that if you were being supported and if it was right, she says you exceeded any every expectation that any of us would have had in you taking care of her. And I want to thank you for that. And her mom just held up a blanket. So do you still have your wife's blanket or her mother's blanket? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we do.
0: To validate that. I'm on the my couch s- right now. Oh, oh yeah, because I could see that behind the, the blank wall that I'm staring at. You know, it's so it's so interesting. Like those are the (laughs) things I know, I know that sounds silly, but like I'm literally staring at you on a screen and there's a blank wall behind you. Like so for her to talk about and to describe what's right in front of you also, to use that as a validation, is remarkable to validate that she's with you. Do you see the time that she died or do you see the time or numbers that remind you of her?
1: I'm not sure what you mean.
0: Okay. So like let's hypothetically say If she passed at 910, this is 910 is just my symbol for when someone passes and you notice the time, like you happen to look at the clock and it's always like that time. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the numbers are, know that that's her with you and saying, reminding you that I am with you. Were you going to retire or what were you going to do with your job? Holy. Can I say shit? I said fuck. So go ahead. Say shit, Jim.
1: I want to buy this woman a beer. Uh, Yeah, no, I was going to. And uh, uh, I'm still kind of up in the air about it.
0: I I needed your wife to validate this this session, Jim. And she said she literally said to me, you telling me better not dare retire. Now, this does not mean you don't retire. I, I never want spirit to tell us what we should or shouldn't do. These are our free will choices, but she's making me feel right. like this is something that you thought about. And there's a part of me that I do feel like she's pushing me to say, let's look into it a little bit more. Let's have more of a plan, Jim, if we're going to retire. She says, Teresa, he literally woke up one morning and was like, yeah, I'm going to retire. And she's like, with no plan. So, Jim, if you want to retire, your wife is saying, at least have a plan.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yep. That's true. Yeah, for sure. So it was kind of like there's a date. And after that, it's kind of like, well, whatever.
0: So is this to say, all right, you know what? We're just going to look into it a little bit more, right? We're going to find out what it really means, what it really looks like when I retire. what, What does my life look like? When it retires, what can I do? Am I going to move? Where am I going to go? Whatever it is, know that the souls of your loved ones will go with you. She also shows me the jewelry that you have. Do you have her mom's jewelry or a piece of her mom's jewelry? No. Okay, so she showed me this bracelet. Were you just looking at her jewelry?
1: Yeah, just now.
0: Okay. To validate that her soul was with you at that exact moment. I don't know if there's a piece of jewelry in there that, remind, that reminded her of her mom or a piece of jewelry that her mom had and then she purchased it. I don't, it doesn't matter if it's costume or real, but she just made me feel like, because I asked her to really just also validate her mom's presence and her mom like thanking you for taking such good care of her daughter and knowing that you did everything for her.
1: Yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah, for sure.
0: So know that her soul was with you. Is there something that you see that it's almost like, I feel like she was trying to show you heaven, or she was trying to show you what it was like where she was? Or when you you saw her, you just felt that peace? Yeah,
1: for sure. Absolutely.
0: So know that that was her way of saying, what you felt, I want you to know that's where I am. My soul is at peace. Do you have children? Yes. Because she talks about the children. Yeah, we do. And how do you connect with the number three? Are there three children? Is there a birthday in the month of March or the third of a month?
1: Holy shit. We have three kids mm-hmm. and her birthday was in March.
0: Jim, you said holy shit over that. That other stuff wasn't a holy shit moment. That was it. <laughs> that's your wife, Jim. I, that, Just, that, that's not me. That's yeah. her.
1: yeah no no that's 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 yeah no
0: so i don't know if the children wanted to be a part of it if it's something that you thought about maybe you didn't whatever it is she says i could not let this go without saying not acknowledging but more importantly not wanting anyone to stop living their life achieving milestones because i died that's good because when spirit when they show me like graduations, marriage, grandchildren. You know, it's just showing me all of these things and saying, I don't want any of this to stop. I want it all to continue because that's my legacy. She says, I will be a part of all of those moments. Look for me in the pictures. Look for the blurbs, the orbs. It's almost like I feel this this, this ray of like, yellow bright light like that's her like whatever you see in distortion of pictures know that that is her soul letting you know that she is not missing out that's good i think jim this is one of the hardest things when i say to someone it was such a an honor and a privilege to meet you and and i enjoyed your your loved one's souls so much there's a part of me that it's hard for me to say that because it's sad but I love how she channeled with such enthusiasm, love and her her personality of where I even felt like I moved the way, like I'm, she has me saying things and I feel like my hand is moving the way she would, my eyes open the way she would. And it's just everything about me is her.
1: Yep. You nailed her. Yeah, absolutely. I tried. And, you know, I wasn't always successful, but, to try to give her, you know, we tried to have a good life together. And I think that for the most part, we did. I'm looking over at a collage of pictures and things that we did together. And, and I'm thinking, you know, we might not have had a long life, but we did a lot.
0: And that's exactly what she said to you. We might not have had a quantity, but we had a quality of life. So know that when you go over that, when you feel that, when you're doing that, no, rem- remember this moment. You can still feel all of those emotions, but don't forget this moment of her saying that to you. That is so powerful. And honestly, Jim, I don't think people listening to this are going to realize I can feel, I want everyone to realize as they listen to Jim's experience is that it is a million times more powerful and healing to Jim and his family.
1: You have no idea how bad I needed this. The third anniversary of her death is coming up on Sunday. <gasps> and this has been a very difficult period of time mm-hmm. for us as a family, knowing that we know where we were three years ago. We know mm-hmm. what was going on three years ago. I know how, you know, when she says that she didn't, we didn't, nobody thought she was going to die. I was up North and I had to, get south and it was really snowing the road was lousy and I was really tired and I took like almost an extra two days to get down to see her and then she died like three four days later four days later and I didn't know because we thought she had months and she had Mm -hmm. hours days
0: she said nobody would have known she says does that make it harder She says, or easier. She says, I want you to look at it that it made it a little bit easier. She says, because if I stayed, what I would have gone through, what you all would have had to have witnessed, she said, it was enough, Jim. It was enough. And the kids, it was just too much for them, for everyone to bear.
1: Yeah, for sure. sure,
0: So know that when you think you see her sitting on the couch, know that that's her. She just showed me her sitting on the couch. With her feet up.
1: Yep. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be her. That would be her for sure.
0: Because she said, I see, she just made you smile. You were just in tears. Now she made you smile. She said, that's how I need this session to end with Jim smiling. She said, he's crying at the same time. She says, but at least he's smiling, Teresa. She says, he's so much more handsome when he smiles. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. She goes, and he uh, really does have a good wow. sense of humor. She goes, he tells bad jokes, Teresa. She goes, but he really is funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. true. She always used to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine one time said, Jim, just because you think it's funny doesn't mean you have to say it. And Donna would look at me and go, yep. Yeah, it's right. You don't have to say it.
0: Uh. That's amazing.
1: So sometimes you got to learn to keep sometimes you got to learn to keep your mouth shut.
0: <laughs> well, she most certainly did not do that today and I am so glad she didn't because she did an <laughs> incredible, a fantastic, amazing job of letting you, your children know that her soul is safe and at peace with God with other loved ones on the other side and knowing that she is with us through every breath that we take and supporting our choices and decisions and don't thank me jim and i'm glad thank her she's the one that did it i i'm i'm just the messenger she did an incredible job her soul and it was an honor and a privilege to be able to channel her soul for you today
1: thank you so much you have no idea how badly i needed this I, i yeah i'm just sitting here big smile on my face
0: ah that's awesome but you know what? She knew what you needed. And I, I say when things like this happen, out of the millions of people, I say Spirit chose you. Your wife chose you for this today. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that the anniversary of her passing is Sunday. is coming up. There's no nope. such thing as a coincidence.
1: No. Nope. I Yeah. And what a gift. An absolutely wonderful gift. I I remember uh, when I was taking her car to a dealership to basically sell it because I didn't need two cars. And it was a car that I had leased for her. Uh, We finally had a little bit of money and I could afford to get her her own car. And this was the first brand new vehicle that she'd ever had. But when we used to drive, it wasn't uncommon for us to sort of just reach across the the console and at least for a little bit, you know, hold hands. Uh, Because she was cremated, I I took her ashes before we took them out to the cemetery where she was being interred, I had driven her her car down to Winnipeg. So thinking that she was gonna be able to at least go for a ride with me and at least one or two more rides. And of course she wasn't able to do that. So I had taken her ashes in the vehicle and I sort of wrapped them up in a a life jacket and then seat belted them in so I could take her for one last drive. And I hadn't really driven her vehicle since then. And so when I was driving it back from where we had it stored to where we were uh, selling it, I could just feel her beside me. And um, I just kind of reached out and and I, I just knew she was there. Since the reading, there were a couple of things that Teresa had talked about in terms of signs that the departed give us. And one of them was there's a four digit number that I use all the time for a pin code. And I use it for a lot of things. And I've used it quite often. Recently, I retired and I was eligible for a government program, which I applied for. And they send you a four digit code. And I looked at it when it came in the mail, and damned if it wasn't the same code. And it was just like, what the hell? And by this point, I realized there are no coincidences. So again, with retiring, uh, I was able to get some uh, retiree health benefits through the government organization I worked for. And when I looked at the uh, at the, the access number, um, it was a multi-digit number, and the first four digits were the same four digits. And she, you know, she obviously knew what those numbers were because she'd use my bank card and this and that you know credit card and stuff I you know I knew that that again it couldn't possibly be a coincidence I mean of all the four number combinations that you could put together once maybe twice no and so that you know that that really reached out the other thing that happened was about oh a couple of weeks after I talked to Teresa uh, my son and I were out sledding there's a sort of a hill that came down from his school and we were there on a the weekend and there's this white plastic bag and it kept sort of going out and swirling back and going out and swirling back. And I was just thinking, because where we lived uh, in the Arctic, uh, the winds could be pretty kind of fickle and funny. And so I thought, well, it's just the wind's blowing up against the building. It's taking this bag. It's getting carried out and coming back and coming out and coming back. So, you know, initially I thought, well, maybe that's Donna. Uh, well, no, nah, it's, just, it's just the wind blowing, you know? So I took that bag and I walked it down to the end of the hill and sort of, threw it out quite a distance and so they were sliding in all of a sudden you know this is bag is swirling around us again you know there's no doubt in my mind that that had to be her just kind of saying look i'm here you know it's funny i, I just dreamed about her last night i find that since uh, i almost never dreamed about her before and now i i think that maybe it's because i'm more receptive that that i find that you know she seems to pop into my dreams more often and that's that's really helpful that's really comforting and really helpful you know, it, it's interesting, Don is sort of saying, you know, that I needed to get a plan together. And so when I first retired, I was sort of sitting, you know, my son was going to school and I was sitting home alone and I was kind of thinking, okay, so this is the rest of my life. I'm sitting around waiting till I die and and, and that's just not me, nor would, nor would Don have wanted that. So um, that inspired me to go and I started substitute teaching, <clears throat> which uh, has turned into a full-time position until the end of June, which wasn't really my intent. I had started sort of reaching out and and I had been offered a, a number of different uh, opportunities to do uh, some casual and part-time work, including in Manitoba right now, they're rolling up the COVID-19 vaccine and it's the largest vaccination rollout since 1958 when they had the Apollo vaccine first uh, come out. I, 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 you know, I had a chance and I actually have worked on my off time sometimes, I'm working and helping people get vaccinated. I now have sort of this plan for now that I am retired. That A, I don't want to work full time anymore. I don't need to, I don't want to. Um, that there are other things that I can spend my time doing and that I don't have to be bored. I don't have to be sitting around waiting to die. If I want to, Go do some, you know, work. That I know that I've got a skill set that I can I can use if I want to go up north and go hunting and fishing with my friends. I can do that. But there's I have the availability of, of all this time. Uh, my daughter who lives down here uh, is more than happy to take my son and and look after him. You know, so that when I need time to go do things for me, I can do that for the first time in thirty years. I guess but that plan has come together, uh, and it's it's a good feeling. One of the things that has kind of come together for me, has been that this work that I'm doing uh, in this vaccination program uh, is paid. And, you know, I'm very passionate about this because when Donna got sick, there wasn't anything I could do to help her, nothing. So it's an opportunity to be part of something historic to help, you know, in 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 a small way, help people get their vaccination to hopefully beat this thing. And at the same time, I'd always promised myself that, and I I had over the years donated money to cancer research. And so I was able to take this money that I'm making and I'm able to um, don his name, donate that to help. So, um, maybe at some point, my dad's not gonna have to say to his five-year-old that his mom's dying of cancer. I really wish in some ways that that it would have been possible for people to have seen the body language and the movements that, uh, you know, Teresa was using because the flow of her hands, the way that she would turn her body, the way she would, you know, lift her head, like that is Donna, absolutely. When she uses the word fuck, it was like, that is exactly how she would have said that. I'm sitting there going, that's Donna," Because that is exactly the way that she would have said it. And just, you know, things about her eyes and things about nobody would have thought I was that sick and nobody would have thought I was going to die. You know, when she described her as a firecracker, It was like, yep, that's Donna, you know, the the whole feisty but kind. And, and, you know, she didn't take no crap from nobody. You know, I remember she was working for a social uh, service agency, and sometimes she had to go and and pick up some kids that needed to be taken into safekeeping. And I was always like, weren't you taking some police with you? No. Why? Because I don't need to. She was like five foot nothing, 95 pounds soaking wet. And she just had this faith and this lack of fear. And I'm kind of going... I I couldn't do that I'd be scared going in there but she just wasn't those were the things that really stuck out and the way that she spoke and, and you know one of the things that uh, she talked about was that how people just thought I had it together and you know going on and, and you know appearing that you know I was strong and I was doing okay and meanwhile inside I was just a wreck and she was right you know there's a lot of times I felt like I couldn't do this that you know, and then I just always, you know, like Donna had no quit in her, and I certainly know since the reading that that I tend to beat myself up a lot. I guess that somehow, you know, I've I've always thought that maybe I should have just made her go get some medical help first, or that you know maybe you know I could be doing things better, or maybe I can, you know, I don't know, just try harder, or or, or you know do more. <laughs> Certainly got a very strong message about that, you know, when she says, you know, you don't fucking think that or something to that effect. It's good to know. So her her validating that, her, her being able to to to, to share with me and say that you're doing good. That meant so much to me. Her understanding of knowing that so much of what I've done in the last three years has been To be there for you know my girls and 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 my son and and trying to give this appearance that that everything's okay i'm okay because they need me to do that one of the things that i found the hardest when she passed away was because river was so young our son was so young that she was going to miss all that and she's not ever since she passed away i just I've kind of gone with this whole concept that I want to raise him to be the uh, kind of young man she'd be proud of. We just recently had her 60th birthday and you know, it was was kind of a hard day, but on the other hand, knowing she was around, we had uh, my daughter and granddaughter and and son-in-law over for supper. And I made her favorite meal, like where we lived, there weren't a lot of restaurants, there was none actually. And so on her birthdays or special days, I always, had to cook for, not had to, I loved to cook. And I loved cooking for her. So, you know, we, we we made food that she would love. You know, we sang happy birthday. We knew she was there. You know, she, you know, my granddaughter was there who she loved, you know, dearly, you know, my son, uh, my daughter, you know, the family was there and that, that, she would have been very happy about that. And she was very happy about that. And so I don't know that I would have gotten through that day nearly as well, had Teresa not let us know that she was there. I, I feel blessed that I know there's millions of people that want to have a you know a reading with Teresa, and that you know out of all those people, I was one of the very fortunate I got chosen. like I said, this has been a true blessing and has made my journey since then a lot easier it's it's raised my awareness of of what's going on around me and knowing that you know she is here i
0: I have to say. What an amazing, humble man. He was just so broken. I mean, I can't imagine losing a spouse and just so broken, but the way that his wife channeled today was absolutely incredible. The messages, the validations that she gave I mean, he was holding back the tears. I mean, you could hear it, but he was holding it back. And then, and the smile. It was almost like the perfect experience. He was crying, smiling and laughing all at the same time. I, I, I still always find it intriguing on how spirit comes through, you know, when he, she's making me feel the breath and the this and the. and then as the, the channeling continues, how you all the dots then get connected. Because he felt that he wasn't there because he was up north. He said he spent an extra two days trying to get to her. It's almost similar to COVID on how we feel that we weren't able to be there for our loved ones. Or we wish we could have been there more or done more. And the fact that she said, we might not have had a quantity, but we had a quality of life. And that he was thinking that same exact thing, looking at a collage. And she had me repeat phrases that she would say and that he said to her exact words that he said to her. Absolutely incredible. See, that's what I say. You never know what's going to happen on Hey Spirit. Well, guys, there you have it. If you'd like to give me the opportunity to share my gift with you, just go to my website at teresacaputo.com. If you want to keep hearing these shows, please subscribe wherever you listen. And be sure to write a review at Apple Podcasts so more people can find the show. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time.